Auburn wins the Iron Bowl if. We're going to finish that sentence on today's episode of the Auburn Daily Show. I want to thank everybody for checking us out, whether it be on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Very much appreciate the support. It's just Alex, better known on the socials as at Auburn Memes, here live with you today. And here's how we're going to break it down. Got to talk Iron Bowl here. We were going to have a show guest on today. Andrew was jumping on. Uh, he was a little bit under the weather and had some family commitments. Some of our other folks who normally rotate out with show guests also had some family commitments today. It is still the holidays. And myself, I am also, I kind of mentioned last episode, under the weather. You can probably hear it in my voice. So apologies for that. Trying my best to champ through it. I got some of the crud. I know everybody right now has got some of the crud. <clears throat> there is my throat clear you'll hear it more than once this episode we're all struggling with it but it's iron bowl week the show must go on i was not going to be skipping putting an episode out it's just gonna be a little bit shorter and a little bit different than what we had planned but it's still going to be awesome content all the same so before we finish that sentence you saw the title of the episode you heard the intro you probably know where we're going with this already i do want to take a brief moment thank our show sponsor Oh, like a rage room for sponsoring the show if you are coming in town for the iron bowl this weekend will you know where to go you may need it this weekend. If you're in the Birmingham area, you may need it this weekend. They got a location up there, Birmingham Rage Room. Make sure to check them out. If you are coming in town for the Iron Bowl or you live in the area, Opelika Rage Room, located on Second Avenue. Look at just outside of downtown Opelika. Just head down Opelika Road. They're right down from Auburn, right there on your left. Go to the website, OpelikaRageRoom.com. Check them out online. Check out their socials. See what they're about. If you don't know what a rage room is, exactly what it sounds like. They get a big plethora of stuff on the table. You get some safety gear, get bats, mounts, and hammers, and you get to break the stuff while listening to whatever music you may choose on their speakers in each room. It's a blast. A lot of fun. Great time. They also have a splatter room, too. If you're something a little bit more peaceful, you have a little paint fight. That is also a great thing. I want to thank them, as always, for sponsoring the show. And let's get right into it. So I <clears throat> went ahead and made a tweet. And we're going to let the fans kind of take this one because, yeah, I've got an opinion on this, but this is a fan show. And this is the format I'm really hoping to get into this as we start progressing with the show. The past, oh, first of all, I want to thank everybody. This is, I think now, I think this is probably around my month, two month, month and a half time period of uh, hosting the show regularly. And want to thank the team at Auburn Daily for giving me a chance to do it because obviously we're wrapping up football season and it's been a blast. I've loved kind of getting to do this getting to help grow this channel back to where it should be and where it had previously been before um, it had gone had a variety of show host changes. And we're going to get some cool formats. And one of this is going to be a lot more fan interactive. So I want to get a lot more fan input for the show. And this is kind of one of the mediums I'm going to do it. So everybody who's out there listening would definitely encourage to connect on the socials. This is uh, very much where I want to get it because I think a show like this is made so much better with the input from its listeners. And we're going to be kind of rolling out a lot of fun and new creative ways to get that input. So once again, thank you guys for being the best part of the show. So like I said, made the tweet, Auburn wins the Iron Bowl tomorrow, if. And I just, I don't know who does and doesn't want to be anonymous. I'm not going to name any ads on here. Y'all can go check the tweet out if you really want to see it. But uh, this was one of the top comments, the most favorited so far. If Auburn plays four quarters against Alabama, like they played the three best quarters against Georgia before Jalen Simpson went out. I think that's absolutely right. You play how you did against Georgia. Now, the one asterisk I'll put on that is guys got to catch the ball a little bit better. 
But I mean, I think defensively, absolutely. If you could play like that before Bowers just started absolutely cooking, they could do some damage. And no offense to Alabama, they don't have they don't have weapons like that. They got some great guys. I don't try to take anything away from them, but it's it's not quite there. I think Beck is also a better quarterback overall than Milrow is. Like I said, not trying to take any way anything away from Milrow, but Georgia's the best team in the country. I don't think that's too big of a slight on Alabama. So next one. Hugh calls plays. Jarquez has a hundred plus on the ground and the defense gets a score. So I had mentioned this numerous times throughout the year. I agree with that hundred percent. The reason Auburn had been in a lot of these games that were probably closer than they should have been were solely because the defense got a score or they got a turnover, putting an Auburn in great field position to score. So if Auburn does defense doesn't this or, and or special teams doesn't necessarily get a score, I'm lumping those two together here. If they put Auburn in a position to where they have got great field position that allows them to score while coming back up on the field, I will lump that into the same category. Jarquez having 100 plus on the ground. Unfortunately, after the showing last week, I think the dream of him getting to 1,000 yards this season is not looking great. That really sucks for a lot of reasons. Don't have to beat that, talk about that anymore. But <clears throat> Jarquez to get 100 plus on this defense, I think that could mean a lot of good things for this team because that probably means a lot of other things are firing as well. And then Hugh calls plays. There was a very funny exchange on social media last night with former Hugh Freeze quarterback and Ole Miss quarterback legend, Bo Wallace. And I won't get into all the details of that. It was just some good old egg bowl Twitter ridiculousness, but it started with him uh, jabbing at a coffee shop Twitter. And then a bunch of other fan bases jumped on. And rather than just like let it ride, Bo Wallace Boutonier responded to every tweet that was sent his way. And, uh, there's always some good content coming out of that. But one of the things he did mention was some love toward Hugh Freeze. And he said that Hugh Freeze is one of the best culture developers and a top five play caller in the entire country. Well, what does that tweet start with? Hugh calls plays. So this is where it really comes to see that come to fruition. Uh, they've got to come up with something that they feel like they can execute and they can call various plays given various situations. It doesn't need to be well, we're stuck in third and 10. We're on the 15-yard line. We got an entire field in front of us. We're just going to run it ball, run it down because we got nothing to do. Auburn, this is one thing I'm going to put in there for my, my if. Auburn can't play this. They can't play not to lose. It's time to play to win. If, if they can't play the game of field position here. It's it's either do or die here. If it's if it's a if you're third and long or in 15 and you got the whole field in front of you, you got to just go for it. None of this, hey, we're gonna. We're going to run the ball here, set up a good punt, see if we can get good field position. Now, I get this do or die. Keep keep the time of possession. Keep the ball. No no more conservative calls. At this point, nothing really matters right now as far as just there's nothing to lose for Auburn. So they can't play this. I'm not, I'm not seeing the field position game. I don't see that. Go for it on the 48 if you have to. Give out, If Alabama gets good field position – if you lose by three touchdowns or four touchdowns, does it really matter? They've got to finally be putting themselves into a chance, and maybe it just completely burns. But it's 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 already it was already on fire after last week. It doesn't matter. They just got to play their hearts out. They've got to call a great game, and really, there's just no benefit to playing conservative this game. That is going to be one of my deals here, and, and why that has an advantage is because there's no tape of that. 
it's not like Alabama has a ton of film on Auburn making those type of plays in those type of situations. So that'll be my F. And I'll add some others, but we'll go on here. Uh, somebody said, and some of these are kind of funny and sarcastic, so just let me put an asterisk on this. Somebody said, if we spike Bama's Gatorade with X-Lax, I'm sure Michigan would love that, take a little bit of heat off them nationally. Uh, that would be quite the story. The team jerseys accidentally get swapped. Yep. Uh, that that would be very helpful. I, I think that's pretty – I think the X-Lax situation, probably better chance of that happening than the jersey deal, but it is what it is. All right, somebody said two a plus two turnover margin, have more rushing yards than Alabama, win on third down both sides of the ball, keep Milrow under 50 yards rushing. I really like this take here. So plus two turnover margin, absolutely. That would be huge for Auburn. If you have more rushing yards than than Alabama, I could be really as I kind of said earlier with Jarquez, it probably means he's got over 100. Auburn has been horrendous on third down, especially in these games they've lost. So if they can keep that third down margin close or even better than Alabama. Be really good. And of course, uh, keeping Milrow under 50 yards rushing. I do agree with this. I think the name of the game is this is to make Milrow beat you with you, beat you with his arm. And he has shown the ability to throw those deep balls. I think doing that, you got a lot better chance. You got a lot better chances of intercepting Milrow for a game changing deal than stopping him running. Now, of course you got to keep him in front of you because if he gets these big plays, he gets connection two or three of those. It's, you touchdowns, worst case scenario. So, <clears throat> or sets him up for a really good deal. So that's the only thing there. But yeah, let Milro do it with the arm. Bama, next one. Bama does not show up to the game at all. It's literally the only way Auburn wins. Auburn has a team full of quitters. Don't know if I agree with that, but like I said, these are the takes from the people. I'm not going to say Auburn's team quit last week because – to quit means you actually would have had to show up, which I think that is almost arguably worse. They just didn't show up. This week is going to show if they've quit or not. If they lay an egg, then they've quit, and then I probably wouldn't be surprised if you see a pretty mass exodus to the portal. And as we kind of mentioned earlier with the culture thing, maybe some things like that do need to happen because if they do that multiple weeks in a row, then there's something not going great in that locker room. And the fact of the matter is the coach has got to do something about it. So – Let's hope that's not the case. So let's hope they wake up and give it their all. Uh, and yeah, as, as the first part of that, Bama doesn't show up. Uh, maybe Bama does exactly what Auburn did last week. Because frankly, Auburn has nothing to lose this game. If Auburn loses this game, the narrative for Auburn does not change whatsoever. If Alabama loses this game, kiss the playoffs goodbye. Just put that in, just put that in perspective for everybody. Somebody said we get some points on special teams or defensive score. Kind of mentioned this already. And then the we said the refs don't throw the game for him, and then um, yeah, no, I think uh, can't have. I mean, the refs sure refs sure that can't be going against Auburn. There, it would be nice to get a few calls going Auburn's way. That was very helpful in twenty twenty one. It was crazy. You just never, very rarely are you seeing a holding calls on Alabama during an Iron Bowl. So um, those those are helpful when they see it. <laughs> Somebody said Gus Melzon calls the plays. Yeah, uh, Gus Malzahn, outside of Arkansas, some of his best games were Jordan Hare at home in an Iron Bowl. Those were very good games. Maybe Hugh can do the same thing. I don't know what this means, but someone says the crowd gives Saban a going away present. I'm hoping that's not like meaning they throw stuff at him. I'm hoping it's more of like that's insinuating this is Saban's last 
game in Jordan Hare, and the crowd is very ruckus and makes it like a really hard environment for him to play in. I'm I'm hoping that's the uh, the insinuation there. <laughs> they cancel the game and hold a scrimmage. Uh, yeah, if the game gets canceled, don't know what would cause that, but yeah, that would uh, definitely help Auburn not lose. Play call against Bama like we did against Georgia. Keep Milrow from using his legs to extend plays. Contain explosive plays to a minimum. Slow down the defense early. Let me get a sip of water here. We've got the throat, sinuses, drainage. Hold on. Like I said, I'm doing this episode ill. We're fighting through it today. Yeah, I <clears throat> agree with that take there. Of course, uh, a lot of people are making the Georgia comparison. I don't know how well the play calling was against Georgia per se. A lot of that had to do with Auburn got good field positions from the defense, but defensively, I'll give it to him defensively there. Yes, I mean, we've said the thing about Milrow with his legs, absolutely, especially not extending or especially not allow him to extend plays. If you allow Alabama to extend plays in any what form or fashion, rather be not getting pressure or him rolling out of the pocket, whatever it may be, it's going to be bad news because they'll connect on those, whether it be a run or somebody just gets open. Bama stays in T-Town. Yes, that will do it. Bama, oh, followed by Bama's buses breakdown. That would also do it. Um, Bama's alarm clock go off. So we're noticing a trend here on these uh, last three. So, yes, those technically might. Oh, oh another one in a row. Buses breakdown. I'm reading these live. Stomach bug breaks out on the team. Okay, I'm not going to read that one. That was a little bit morbid, but somebody was insinuating Milrow getting injured, but we're not going to read that one. Auburn can run the ball, and the defense gets at least three turnovers there. So I think two, now we're up to three. Somebody said we could score more points than them. Yes, that is that will absolutely do it. Hugh, we got another Hugh Freeze calls plays, and wide receivers catch the passes that they're thrown. Yeah, I mean, I think it goes without saying this is kind of the day that the wide receivers who aren't named Rivaldo Fairweather or Jay Fair need to step up and do something as a unit. Hugh Freeze this is a little different. Hugh Freeze does the game plan entirely by himself. So yeah, I think I think most people are saying Hugh Freeze needs to be involved in play calling at the game plan. Uh, I'm going to skip some of these repeats here. A lot of buses breaking down. Somebody just laughed. That's nice. Love that. Okay, this is, we're probably at our seventh or eighth buses breakdown so far. If Smoke Monday doesn't kicked out, get kicked out for targeting, which he does. So there's another Smoke Monday targeting joke. We are almost in 2024, and those are still living. Poor guy says here it is impossible. Don't nothing's impossible. Don't say that. <laughs> the refs get the teams mixed up. Great, great narrative push there. <laughs> um. More alarm clocks, more score, more points. One pick six by Auburn. I don't know if one pick six will do it, but that would definitely help. I mean, that could be, I mean, obviously 2019, that two pick sixes absolutely did it. Somebody said we don't beat ourselves. I wish it were that simple. I wish it could be as simple as Auburn not beating themselves, but they are... I think there's, I think with the talent gap being as big as it is, it can't just be as simple as you're not lining up with an equally talented team, unfortunately. So, <sighs> Pamba doesn't play like New Mexico State. 
Oh, I hate that. I think it's more of you hope Auburn doesn't play how they did against New Mexico State because, um, yeah, but insinuating New Mexico State did play pretty well. So that's going to be uh, most of the most of the good replies here. I'm just looking through to make sure I didn't miss any. You can see a lot of buses break down. But I do want to add a few more bits. I want to thank everybody for responding to that, giving us some good content. For the most part, I think we are all in similar agreement. So I do want to add a few bit more pieces of my commentary, then we'll wrap this episode up here, probably keep it around 20 minutes. But I think one of the most important things is to just kind of look at the scoring trends for both teams. And one thing that has been a thorn in Auburn's side all season and just been something you – you look at like identity trends and just not a chances. And something that is just not a chance is this Auburn team is not built to come from behind. They have not come from behind at any point this season. I think maybe the Cal game, they were behind briefly by like four points. You know what I'm saying? Like Not like a actual multi-score come from behind catch up. <clears throat> and even if it's one score, it's it's it looks ugly for this Auburn team. So this has got to be a low-scoring game. Now, interesting point. The odds of this, so when we recorded this episode, I think Tuesday with the Iron Bowl preview with Chris Marler, is around 15 points. It looks like the odds have been bought down to 13 and a half now. So it is it's leaning toward Auburn's favor. 48 and a half point over under. So some people in Vegas are thinking that it might be a tad bit closer than expected. But if you look back at some Iron Bowl history here, whew, for the most part, Alabama has always scored a significant amount of points in this game in the Saban era. 36, 26, 27, 42, 49, 28, 55, 29, 30. We're at 2016. 14, 2017. That was good. 52, 45. 42, 24, and then 49 last year. So the issue there, and I didn't have enough time to get this added up here, but Alabama has put up a lot of points. Since 2008, when really the Saban era took off, the lowest points, only one time, it's there's been a game that for Alabama scored in the teens. Then after that, there's only... One other time, I think they scored in like the mid to low 20s. So, is that even correct? Yeah, it was 2021, 24 points. For the most part, this game is 20, 30, sorry, 30, 40 plus points, a handful times even in the 50s. Alabama likes putting up numbers in the Iron Bowl. And there are certain games where Auburn has responded to that. Unfortunately, there are more where they haven't. So, Point being here is Auburn is not going to go tit for tat with them scoring. If Auburn can, if you can have this be under 14 points going into half for Alabama, and obviously not being like 14 0, if you can make it 14 10, 14 14, 10 10, 7 7, 7 10, that's the recipe for success. But I think if this is like a 17 28 type situation or even 17 24 and it's there's points flowing each direction the dam's going to break for alabama i think auburn needs to i'm going to use beat this 
phrased that again, but the time of possession thing, they got to do it. You got to keep Alabama's, you got to keep Alabama's offense off the field and you cannot let them get to an early lead. If, if, if Alabama has two touchdown lead at any point in the first half, that's sustained that Auburn doesn't automatically respond to. I think this one's pretty much, it's going to be right. This one off, but if Auburn can find a way to keep it ugly, they can keep it close early. They just got to ride it. You got to do what you do with against Georgia, just like a lot of people said, but don't give them that fourth quarter runaway. Keep the defense awake the whole time. Like I said, this Auburn team's as healthy as it's been in quite some time. So we'll see what ends up happening. We'll see uh, what the people here think. A lot of great, uh, a lot of great content on this. I just kind of want to preface this with every um, preface this with everybody else. I don't, I don't have to say, I don't even think I have a score prediction on this one. I I'm going to probably predict it's going to be pretty close to the spread. I'll just, I'll say that. I, um, <clears throat> I don't feel like Bama's really going to try to run a thing a whole lot up on Auburn here more so than maybe two. They're not going to try to beat them by four touchdowns per se, unless Auburn really lays an egg. But I think Alabama with having playoff ambitions alive, I think staying healthy is going to be a lot more important for them because they beat Auburn and they take care of business against Georgia. They're going to have a pretty hard case for not getting in the playoff. So, I, I think they have a lot more to lose than they do to gain by putting it big up on Auburn. So if they get a commanding lead, they're going to eat that clock up and just get out of there with a dub. So I don't think it'll be that kind of ugly. Now, unless just Auburn lets them, hopefully Auburn has a little bit more juice in them than that. But I think a realistic best-case scenario, and this kind of upset all season, we're going to repeat it here, is if Auburn can just do maybe not as tight as 2021 because that's just – you know, it was a very crazy situation. But if Auburn could keep this one competitive, I think if they can do what you did with George, if you can keep it within like a one score game, even have some points, maybe you're leading or tied and just because there's going to be a lot of recruits there. Can they do whatever they need to do to keep the atmosphere there alive and electric for four quarters? So those guys sitting in the stands are like, all right, this place is awesome. I could see myself out there. And you know what? If my number, if I'm on that field, I'm on that play, we're converting that. That's what that's that's what we need here. Now you win, that's great. Bet that be best case scenario, but to be somewhat shrouded in realism here, that is, I think, a takeaway that is moderately <laughs> okay to. I think it's okay to expect that with some sense of uh, realistic hope. What actually has a realistic, tangible takeaway is have the fans show up, have their butts in seats for four quarters, have them loud, have it exciting, have it electric, and really put on a show for the recruits. And then after that, buckle up. A lot's coming on. Let's hope we get some commitments. And just prepare everybody. There's going to be transfers. After this game, I guarantee within 24 hours, you can at least have one player say, all right, now I'm out of here. And that will just be part of it. But do not be alarmed. There will be awesome guys to come and fill it, even if it's a guy, oh, no, we really love that guy. Or oh, I thought he'd play, you know, whatever it may be. It's a business. These are business decisions for these guys. A lot goes into it. And I always say just respect whatever. You know, I always say, please respect my decision. Yeah, they're kids. They're going to do what's best for them. We're going to cheer them on wherever they go. So that's all for today's episode. I want to thank everybody for checking us out. It's Iron Bowl weekend. we got less than 24 hours. Buckle up. If you're coming, show up. No matter what, it's going to be electric. We're going to make it electric. Thank you for listening to Albert Daily. Make sure if you don't already, like, subscribe, follow, review, do all the things, whether it be on podcast or YouTube, uh, trying to get to YouTube to a thousand subs. So guys, we're almost there. We're creep creeping up. Help us out if you don't already. 
Thanks for listening to the show, and we will be back at you with an Iron Bowl recap. Now, I'm going to say this right now. If Auburn wins, we're probably going to be like, we'll go have an instant reaction. I might even report that one like inside the stadium. Like, we're it's going to be wild. If not, we'll have another Sunday recap show talking about the game and whatever storylines came from there and then kind of what's going to be happening next. So we'll be at you guys then. Thanks for tuning in and appreciate the patience for the crud, and we'll hopefully be past the crud this weekend on the next one. Catch you.